today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This is a sector that is near and dear to my heart. My very first full-time job was as a server in a restaurant. I was not particularly good at it. But it doesn't mean that the industry doesn't mean a lot to me. Also worked in theater, in front of house and that sort of thing. And there is no sector that really seems to have taken it on the chin quite as much as the hospitality industry. And most people may have noticed a neighborhood restaurant or a watering hole that had to close up. They couldn't make it because of all of the constraints brought on by COVID. Not saying the constraints weren't important, but it has been a really tough ride for a lot of these industries. Just before Christmas, the province of Ontario announced that it was cutting the wholesale price for alcohol. But that actually doesn't kick in until January 1st, two days after announcing the cut in the wholesale price for alcohol. Uh, They reinstated capacity limits. But is that enough? What more help is needed in order to keep this uh, industry afloat? David Hopkins is president of the 15 Group. That's North America's top restaurant consulting agency. Uh, Welcome and thank you for joining us today, David. Yeah, thank you for having me. So what needs to be done? I mean... You know, like I said, the the capacity limits, it's not that they're not uh, uh, an important part of of battling this. But, you know, when I think about restaurants, it must be almost impossible to deal with inventory at the very least when overnight the the covers that you can uh, can bank on will be cut in half. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the biggest challenge right now is that, you know, November and December when restaurants, well, many restaurants make make their money to make it through the winter, to make it through January, February, March, which are generally slow months for restaurants. And many restaurants lose money in those months, um, but they're okay because they've made money in November and December. And the biggest challenge right now is is with this capacity restriction. Um, you know, many restaurants have lost uh, company functions that they had. They, they've lost group bookings, and obviously they've lost a lot of revenue. Um, and, and the federal government has come up with a, you know, reinstating the subsidies, but this, the wage subsidy doesn't help the restaurant much if they're closed until the new year because of the restrictions or if they don't, you know, don't have the, the business that they had coming through. Um, and, and the other biggest problem is that those wage subsidies, they only help uh, mitigate losses. They don't, they don't help a restaurant make the twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 stockpile that was going to get them through January, February, March, right? Exactly. But what do you think about this uh, cutting the wholesale price for alcohol in Ontario um, that is supposed to help to the tune of about 20 percent? But again, it doesn't kick in till till Saturday. Well, I think it's fantastic. I mean, we've been pushing for, for that to happen in Ontario. Ontario is very far behind in terms of many other provinces have had wholesale pricing of, you know, up to 20, 25 percent for a while. Um, so we've been pushing for that. It's it's a great thing to come down the pipe. But again, that's not going to save, you know, a 10% wholesale pricing, even starting January for a restaurant on their liquor purchases is not going to make the difference between, you know, the amount of, of profit, the amount of cash flow that they lost over over December because of the restrictions. So it's it's definitely welcome. We're happy that the, the government has put that in place, but it's still, I mean, there are many restaurants that's that's not even going to be, you know, uh, a small fraction of what they're losing in December. So what do you suggest happen? What what would be um, a viable plan in order to keep a lot of these restaurants? And some of them are mom and pop operations. Some of the best of them are really small family owned businesses that have been around for a long time. Um, what kind of uh, help would you like to see the government provide? 
Well, I, I think the government really needs to, and you know, they, we've been pushing forward and, and wanted to see since the beginning, really industry specific, uh, sector specific subsidies that really cater towards um, towards a sector's challenges. And we haven't really seen that. They've, they've done these global subsidies, which have been great. Don't get me wrong. They've been fantastic in keeping a lot of businesses, including restaurants, in business. Um, but certainly restaurant-specific or industry-specific stuff would be great. I know, I believe the BC government um, did a straight-up grant to restaurants that it forced to restrict or, or uh, close for business. Um, I, I forget what the exact amount is, but I think they did a straight-up grant that was literally going to be not wage-based, I don't think, but straight cash in the pocket of operators who've had to restrict operations. Um, I, I think there need to be more solutions than just, you know what, we're going to help mitigate your losses, especially, like I said, when restaurants, um, this is their money-making or was supposed to be their money-making period. And we've got many of our clients of literally, once the restriction came into place and a number of their Christmas functions canceled, um, and on top of that, staff getting COVID and them not having the staff to properly operate. I mean, many of our clients have had to close um, until the new year and basically say goodbye to all that revenue and say, we'll see you in the new year. But again, if they're closed and they don't have any wages, the subsidies don't make make a lot of a difference to them. No, that's very true. Um, and, you know, for other, uh, you know, I mentioned mom and pop operations. That's one part of the sector. But another sector um, would be smaller restaurant groups um, and even to uh, some of the larger chains that are out there. Um, you know, when you when you run into a capacity change, as we had again in the province of Ontario, and I'm not saying again that it isn't valid, that there aren't very good reasons for it. But when it comes to business, when you have that kind of a change and you have half the covers that you had the day before, you know, you've got a problem with your inventory now. There are a lot of other things that come into play here. Oh, there are for sure. You've got you've got a problem with inventory volumes, but you also have an administrative hurdle. You know, our company, part of what we do is bookkeeping for a number of restaurants. That's one of our services. And we go... Uh, we go crazy with with volume of work uh, when these restrictions go into place because you've got to lay off. If you're closing for four weeks or three weeks, you've got to lay all your staff off, get them their paperwork so they can collect EI or the government subsidies that they that they're relying on. Um, the amount of administrative work on top of, as you mentioned, the amount of inventory that potentially is going in the garbage or or uh, tying up cash flow is huge. Yeah, you can't just stick everything in the freezer and hope for the best. No, no, <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, where, how do most restaurant groups set their budgets for the year? Is is January one the start of their uh, their fiscal year, or does that vary depending on? Um, it it really varies. Uh, I'd say the majority are January one, but a number of, of businesses will run from September to August. Um, <clears throat> that kind of thing. But I mean, you know, most restaurants and restaurant groups are are continuously. Uh, updating their budgets, <laughs> adjusting them, because trying to project out a year, you know, a year of business, which used to be fairly straightforward when you're doing budgeting. Uh, now it's it's not even, you know, for the last two years, it hasn't really been worth the paper you've done it on, because every time there's a change, you gotta, you've got to readapt. So most businesses and groups we know are really uh, readjusting their budgets on a either monthly or quarterly basis. We're speaking with David Hopkins, who's president of the 15 Group, North America's top restaurant consulting agency. Um, is it even possible for a consulting agency to do some crystal ball casing about what might be coming up in the next couple of quarters uh, for the industry in Canada? No. 
you know what? It's really tough. I've done a lot of uh, interviews over the last last two years where I've projected out what I think is going to happen, and I got to be honest, I'm I'm generally not not bang on. I think it's incredibly hard. Um, you know, we've seen all kinds of things. I don't think a ton of people saw the whole staffing shortage coming until it actually started hitting in the UK. Um, I, I think a lot of things we're learning throughout this. The one thing I would say that I um, predicted and and I was right, and I hope I continue to be right, is we've seen incredible community support for restaurants, which is fantastic. So community support in buying gift cards, in getting takeout and going to pick it up so that you know they the restaurants can avoid the huge delivery fees with third-party deliveries. Um, but also once restaurants were allowed to reopen, we saw huge support in terms of people going back out to restaurants and people also being supportive of price increases, which restaurants need to do. I mean, all their prices have gone up, wages have gone up. So restaurants need to, to put prices up and we've seen huge community support. So my prediction for 2022, and I hope that people are, are supportive of it and listen to my prediction, but that is, you know, starting January 1 or whenever we're allowed to go out to restaurants in droves again, that people will go out and, and spend all the money they, they saved over Christmas because of the closures or whatever. But they need to go and support the restaurant uh, community as a whole. Eat out, you know, three times a week if you can and, and get some money into, into the pockets of restaurants. That, like I said, generally in January, February, March, don't, don't make a lot of money, if any at all. Yeah. Well, and, you know, what you were saying about the price increases that restaurants have had to, um, you know, calculate um, for their menus. Anybody who's gone to a grocery store and has seen their weekly food bill go up, same thing happens in the restaurant industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, with the staffing shortage that happened when, when we got our return from COVID, I mean, wages in, in restaurants have gone up tremendously, not just because of minimum wage in, increases or the one that's hitting in, in January, but just because the competition to get uh, staffing is so hard that, that restaurants are paying a huge premium for for their labor force compared to what they were a year or two ago. So, Well, we've been talking about the impact of COVID on the hospitality industry, but another impact that's happened on a more regional basis here and there across the country and for different reasons have it's been the climate impact i mean you've got you know snow and torrential rain in areas that never really saw it before you've had uh, terrible uh, wildfires that have burned uh, out west that has to be having an impact as well yeah yeah i mean it has for sure and certainly in in some markets for sure i mean we do work all across the country um, bc's definitely had some challenges over the last year um the um and, and, you know, definitely supply chain has been um, challenged as well. I know, you know, there are certain products that are hard to get and or if you can get them, they're incredibly expensive to get. We've had a lot of our clients pivot their menus around um, around what they can get economically supplied just because they they don't think the customer will embrace <laughs> some of the price increases they need to put up uh, for some of the products. Um, yeah, you know what? It's and I know it's a weird time. It's not just for the restaurant industry; it's for everyone. It's a challenging time. Like every day, there's a new challenge or something different or something we dif- didn't expect. Um, but certainly, the restaurant industry is is I think t- bearing a large brunt of it, as is I'm sure the the travel and airline industry as well. But yeah, because um, your group, the Fifteen Group, consults continent-wide across North America. How is Canada comparing to the United States? Are there lessons to be learned from the other side of the border? Uh, you know, the the United States is very, um, 
it's been very different throughout the pandemic, depend, depending uh, state to state. I think much more, you know, we have our prov- provincial to our province to province differences. Um, but in the U.S., it's very polarizing state to state in terms of their approach to everything. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, uh, certainly the, the and, and not only that, but the subsidies in the states were very different. We have a number of clients in the U.S. that um, that had a real different um, outcome uh, because of the way the subsidy program worked there. Um, but I, I would say, you know, definitely they, as, as we all know, opened up much faster. Um, they cared a lot less about COVID, which, which don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's, it's right, but certainly their restaurants, I think, have fared, fared much better uh, than ours have throughout this. Which is why uh, we need more government help. What would your message be to, uh, uh, to the Doug Ford government, knowing that uh, there, there's a big pile of cash that came from the federal government that could still be pen- spent rather on uh, COVID-related industries and support? Well, I guess, I mean, my message would be, you know, a restaurant-specific program. Um, you know, I'm hey, I'd be happy to meet with anyone in the government if they want me to help craft something that um, would be specific and fair to restaurant owners, not give them free money uh, that's not, not needed, but more figure out a, a formula or whatever that, that addresses their exact needs, right? Um, as opposed to, to um, the global federal program. And, you know, to some degree, I think Ontario's got to take more ownership. I mean, the, the federal government didn't put this restriction on Ontario restaurants, the Ontario government put it on Ontario restaurants, which is 100% fine if they think that's important to to curbing uh, COVID, then that's fine. That's their decision. But it's got to come with, with some assistance for the businesses that need it, right? Um, and, and we haven't seen that from the Ontario government. I mean, I think they came up with something like they're going to um, give some rebates on property taxes or something. I, I can't remember the specifics, but whatever they came up with was like, I mean, it, it doesn't even come close to what a restaurant needs to survive. Exactly. Well, David, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me and, and stay safe. And uh, for New Year's Eve, order from a, a local restaurant. <laughs> order your dinner that way. It would be uh, one of the suggestions. David Hopkins is president of the 15 Group, North America's top restaurant consulting agency. We've been talking about what kinds of supports are needed for restaurants and, and other businesses within the hospitality sector to survive as uh, hopefully we're drawing towards the end of the pandemic, possibly into an endemic. But going forward, they need to help and support. And again, maybe for New Year's, order yourself a little takeout. Might be a nice way to do it. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.